Hey everyone, check out all the great deals on Amazon by first going to d2rpn.com and clicking the Amazon banner. By doing so, you're helping out the D2R Podcast Network. Don't forget to tell a friend and thanks for listening. Question, comment, or concern? 872-242-8311. Or maybe you'd just like to hear your voice instead of ours. 872-242-8311. Then call the D2R Podcast Network hotline at USA Chat 311. That's 872-242-8311. 872-242-8311. No matter the time or day, you can call 24-7 and operators will be standing by. 872-242-8311. Your call is important to us. 872-242-8311. So once again, USA Chat 311. 872-242-8311. 872-242-8311. 872-242-8311. Entertainment presents the Think Tank Podcast. to you pre-recorded deep undercover in the world's deepest darkest most secure hadron collider and nuclear bomb tested and approved doomsday bunker here is ryan the area man hey there guys jordan here june 5th 2019 i want to take a moment and discuss with you my experience at the contact in the desert conference last weekend in uh, indian wells california my experience with what I believe is blatant censorship, blatant lying from somebody or some group associated with that organization, and just some really shady stuff that went on last weekend. So first, I want to describe what Contact in the Desert is. I know many of my audience might have never heard of it before or are unfamiliar with the inner workings in the ufology community. And Contact in the Desert is basically one of the largest UFO conferences in the world, if not the largest. And it's been held for quite a few years. It used to be held at an event center in Joshua Tree, California. But over the last two years, it's been held at the Renaissance Hotel and Spa in Indian Wells. And the first time I had attended Contact in the Desert was back in 2017. It was actually the very first conference of any topic that I had attended. And 2017 was the last time that they held Contact in the Desert at Joshua Tree. 
So I was able to attend, and it was a great time. Hung out with some individuals. I didn't speak there in 2017, but it was a good experience all around. I was happy with it. I attended again last year in 2018. This was the first time, like I said, they held it at the Renaissance Resort and Spa. And I didn't speak last year either, but last year's conference, most of what I did was a lot of work for Above Majestic, the documentary. We were doing a lot of filming there, and we had a pre-screening of Above Majestic at last year's Contact in the Desert in 2018 as well. So for the last couple of years, I attended Contact in the Desert. I didn't speak. I was either hanging out or doing some other work, and there was no drama. Nothing weird, okay? Not saying I've always agreed with every single speaker or everything that goes on at Contact in the Desert, but there was no weirdness that I directly experienced, and it was an overall good time the past couple of years. Now, this year, 2019, okay, let's get to what happened. And I'm going to begin by going through this chronologically, okay? So about six or seven months ago, this was about November, December 2018, was when I received some correspondence from either a producer or a director associated with Contact in the Desert, and I was invited to speak there. Got an email from somebody, they invited me to speak, and after a little bit of deliberation in my own head, maybe a few weeks or a month or two, I decided to do it. So uh, I signed the speaker's agreement, and I, assigned, I agreed to do one lecture, one workshop, and one panel for Contact in the Desert this year. Now, from me agreeing to go to Contact in the Desert and signing that speaker's agreement late last year, up until the conference just last weekend, I had only ever got on one or two calls with directors or producers, people associated with Contact in the Desert to discuss my appearance there. And these phone calls were a long, long time ago. I barely even remember who I was talking to or what was spoken, but I do remember that there wasn't anything that they were really trying to influence me to do. And by that, I mean... They weren't telling me what to say or what not to say. They were very uh, introductory phone calls, just getting to know these people. They were getting to know me, etc. So nothing really more than that, all right? Important point that we'll discuss a little bit later. And like I said, for months and months, I didn't hear from them. I thought all was well, and contact in the desert was coming up. There was nothing I really had to worry about, and that was that. So... Fast forward to the conference just last weekend. Now, I arrived in Indian Wells, California on Thursday. Checked into my Airbnb. And then Friday is when I decided to head over to the venue and check in myself. So that's what I did. I went to the venue, checked in, got my badge, got the welcome packet, basically, and the itinerary for the weekend. And then I took a few moments to walk around the venue, meet with some people I wanted to see, and then I left. That was Friday. Now, when I arrived there and got my welcome packet and checked out the uh, schedule for the weekend and whatnot, I found a couple weird things. Number one, I was not slated to be on a panel. So this is weird to me. It was actually written into the contract, the speaker's agreement that I signed that I was supposed to be on a panel. It wasn't on one. Not just that, but I found out uh, just some really weird things. Things that I hadn't experienced 
really with any other conference. And with the size and stature of contact in the desert, it was very weird to me that these certain things were taken care of. And by that I mean parking wasn't taken care of, at least for me, I don't know about other speakers, if they had their parking comped or got parking passes from contact in the desert, but as a speaker, I had to pay to park. As a speaker, I also had to pay for all my own food. I didn't get any food tickets there, which is also weird. You know, every single other conference I'd ever been to, those things were comped or at least supported for the speaker, wasn't here. And I also found out that my talk in my workshop, remember no panel, but my talk in my workshop, uh, my talk was at 7.30 in the morning on Sunday, and then my workshop was at 7 p.m. Sunday night. So, you know, fine. I wasn't really rubbed the wrong way. Actually, quite frankly, I was like, okay, less work for me, no panel. I'm just here to do my talk in my workshop, and good to go. So that was that on Friday. And then uh, Saturday came. I didn't end up going to the venue on Saturday. Quite frankly, I had some work I needed to do. Uh, for some other things, work to do for my presentation, and I was just hanging out at the uh, Airbnb, didn't re really feel like the desire to go on Saturday. And then Sunday came around, and this is where it starts getting a little weird. So I wake up, and I go to the venue, you know, pay for parking, park, and I get to my talk there at 7.30 in the morning. And it was packed. Regardless of them putting me at the earliest slot there, 7.30 in the morning on the Sunday, uh, it was packed. It was a completely full room. And in fact, they had to turn away dozens of people. I don't know exactly how many people they had to turn away, but I've had multiple people message me telling me that there was dozens, maybe 30, maybe 40 people that actually were not allowed into my talk. Some people were telling me that there were folks lined up in the hallway outside of the lecture room just to hear me speak. So, you know, it kind of bummed me out. The fact that we had these people pay, pay good money to get to this conference, be allowed in, and they were turned away from a lecture that they should have been able to access. You know, why wouldn't this conference put me in some sort of a bigger room for everybody to be able to listen to me. I don't know. But anyway, uh, people were turned away, unfortunately. Packed room there. And then I gave my talk, and that was that. It was a uh, overwhelmingly positive support that I got for my talk. Everybody was happy with it. Nobody walked out. Nobody was upset. Uh, they loved it. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I discussed, because this will help you understand what goes on later in this story. What did I discuss during my talk? Well, you know, if you follow my YouTube channel and know what I like to talk about when I discuss things like ufology and the uh, whole disclosure, battle for disclosure going on, that was actually the name of my talk. I called it the battle for disclosure against the deep state or something to that effect. So that's essentially what I talked about. And I talked about disclosure in terms of UFOs. So of course we have the mainstream UFO disclosures we're seeing all over the mainstream media right now being spearheaded by Tom DeLonge and the whole To The Stars Academy. So I was discussing how it's a limited hangout and how very corrupted folks like John Podesta are involved. I was showing some 
evidence supporting the reality of Pizzagate. I was showing some evidence of Hillary Clinton being involved in some of these UFO disclosures. I went back, I showed something called the Rockefeller Initiative, which was an initiative in the early 90s where Lawrence Rockefeller, in concert with John Podesta and Hillary Clinton and uh, some other UFO researchers and actually quite a few individuals, some senators and media people and whatnot, uh, they, there was this initiative in the early 90s for them to start getting UFO disclosure into the mainstream. So I exposed the Rockefeller connections in UFOlogy, deep state infiltration into UFOlogy. Like I said, I was talking about Pizzagate. I was talking about QAnon. Of course, QAnon put some drops out last year about UFOs. And I said to the audience, you know, this is something that so many people in UFOlogy are mis missing. Disclosure is already going on. It's already coming from the Trump administration through QAnon about UFOs and extraterrestrial life, etc. So, yes, I did get political. But as you know, if you follow my work, that's what I do. And I expose a lot of deep state infiltration into many different circles. This being a UFOlogy conference, that was a lot of stuff that I was discussing. So, like I said, though, I mean, huge applause afterwards. Everybody was happy. Nobody, at least that I know of, left the room, walked out. Overwhelming support. Now, I was told that a DVD would be available of my lecture just a few hours later, later on in the day. So I said, all right, and uh, I'll come back later to get that. And after my talk, there was a lot of people that wanted to ask me questions, still wanted to talk. Now, I had to vacate the room because there was another speaker that was going to talk right after me. So I left the room and I actually went outside the venue onto this grassy area and I was sitting there with about 20 to 30 people just doing somewhat of like a roundtable discussion, Q&A. You know, I wanted to be gracious and hang out with fans afterward, all these people there to support me. So I hung out for about probably an hour, hour and a half talking to all these wonderful people that were outside. And what's interesting is that during that little kind of impromptu Q&A that I was doing, I had a heckler. I had a heckler come up and it was a really just odd experience because I was sitting down talking to all these people and he came up behind me and interrupted the conversation that was going on. And I can't quite remember exactly how he initiated the uh, heckling, we could call it. But he started off talking something about the alliance versus the deep state. He was questioning that, you know, in a very assertive manner, questioning that, interrupting the question that was already going on. So I turned around because he's being very loud and I sort of answered him a little bit. And we were getting into a little bit of a conversation because I thought he was uh, well-meaning with what he was asking. Now, after I answered his question, I was turning around because it was a uh, answer question, move on to the next format, you know, Q&A. But he kept talking. He kept talking very loud. And he brought up the doxing allegations. There's allegations that have been going around the ufology community, very false allegations about me being a doxer and illegally doxing various individuals. So since he brought those allegations up, I, I literally stood up out of my chair, turned to face him, and I answered his question in full. Answered all the doxing allegations. I completely explained to the whole audience there what happened, and I shut him down because these are very, 
very false, phony allegations that continue to get circulated around. So I felt the need, boom, to put it to rest. I, in fact, even got like a 10 to 13 minute video of this whole situation. And this is when he became hostile and loud. He started yelling. When he kept asking questions, the uh, people that were there, the attendees, started pretty much yelling at him, telling him, you know, wait your turn, shut up, go away, stop being so hostile and trying to take over this Q&A, this discussion we're all just trying to have. And he started calling people a cult. This is exactly what a cult does, I believe he said. These people are all defending you like a cult. He kept claiming that I didn't answer his question. There was actually a couple other individuals. I don't know if they were there with him, but they were parroting the same narratives, trying to claim that I wasn't answering the question or something like that when I literally stood up and answered it. And it was just absurd. And in fact, this guy, he even had a press pass. This is the really weird part to me. He had a press pass. So I don't know how he got that press pass. I didn't know who he was at the time. I know who he is now, but I'm going to refrain from uh, saying any names in this video just because keeping it uh, low-key like that. But very weird to me that this guy got a press pass and he really took it upon himself to come heckle me, spread these false allegations, become hostile, try to yell from the back over this discussion I was having and the attendees that were there. It was just very, very odd. He finally walked off and the uh, situation de-escalated. Uh, luckily, with no violence or anything like that, it, it was peaceful, but it got a little heated there because he was getting hostile. So anyway, finished up that Q&A. I went back to my Airbnb and I was hanging out just waiting for my workshop later in the day when I got a call from David Wilcock. So David Wilcock calls me up and he's like, man, I heard what you uh, talked about in your lecture this morning. And I was like, yep, I, I went all in on some pretty, uh, pretty intense stuff, pretty controversial things. And we discussed that for a moment. And I mentioned to him that I didn't have a panel over the weekend. I was like, David, I was supposed to have a panel, but I didn't have one. And he actually said, well, actually, I have a panel that I'm hosting that's coming up in about, oh, 40 minutes. Do you want to join? I'll let you be my special guest. David actually offered to bring me onto the panel that he was hosting as his special guest because I didn't get one. You know, that's, it was actually a very nice gesture that he did. He really didn't have to do that. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Heck yeah. So uh, I took a really quick shower, got dressed. I went to the venue and went to the ballroom that it was in, hopped behind stage really quick. And uh, that was that. You know, I sported my Space Force shirt because why not? And then we went up on the panel and David ended up eventually getting into some pretty political topics, say controversial topics, as some people uh, have various perspectives on these things from time to time. But like I said, you know, these are the things that I talk about on my channel. This is what I am passionate at educating the public about and informing about. So that was that. I don't know why they didn't expect me to go there or something to that effect. So we started discussing QAnon a little bit. We brought up the Space Force, President Trump, and the overall consensus of the crowd was support. There was 98% of the people clapping, applauding, happy with the responses. There was maybe one or two individuals in the crowd that uh, were a little upset and walked out. But again, overwhelmingly positive.
And I wasn't the only person, mind you, on that panel that was supporting President Trump in various instances and discussing QAnon. There was another panel member that did as well. So it wasn't just me. Panel ended. I left the venue, went home to hang out for a little bit, went back to the venue again later on Sunday evening for my workshop. Did my workshop. I did my workshop not on QAnon. I decided to do my workshop on sciences, Tesla, Walter Russell, etc. So uh, did that. And then after my workshop, this was about 9 p.m. Sunday evening, I went to whoever was handling the burning of the DVDs. You know, I was going to get my, the DVD for my lecture. He told me there was a glitch. He told me there was a glitch from the translation of the file to the DVD, so my DVD wouldn't be available till Monday. And I said, okay, no problem. You know, I'll just come back tomorrow on Monday and get my DVD. So that was that. And then went back to my Airbnb, went to sleep, woke up Monday morning, and this is where it started getting really weird. So when I woke up on Monday morning, I went on a hike there in Palm Springs, and while I was on my hike, I started getting some messages from attendees of Contact in the Desert. I started getting messages from people who were telling me that my DVD was still unavailable. And what's weird is that I was getting multiple reasons from these individuals as to what they were being told by various people associated with the conference about why my DVD was unavailable. One person told me that they were told it was still, quote, on hold. Another individual told me that they were told that it was, quote, too controversial. You know, I was getting multiple contradicting reasons as to why my lecture wasn't available. So I was just thinking, okay, you know, when I'm done with this hike later on this morning, I'll, uh, I'll go back to the venue and I'll see what's going on with my DVD. So that's what I did. I went to the venue early afternoon, might have been about noon or 1 p.m. I got there, I went to the DVD booth where people were buying DVDs from Contact in the Desert, from the organization, and I asked them, is my DVD available? And I heard this directly from whoever was working there at the DVD booth. Again, I don't exactly know who told me this, but somebody working there at the DVD booth told me that the producer of Contact in the Desert still had my DVD. I wasn't given a reason, but that's all they told me, and that's all I needed to, needed to know. It was not available. The person managing the conference, producing the conference, basically, still had my talk. I said, okay, this is getting a little weird. I'm hearing all sorts of contradicting things. First, I was told there was a glitch. Then I was told somebody has it won't release it, and, you know, this was very weird to me, so I started making this publicly known. I started tweeting about it, putting it on my Facebook. I said, this is just really weird. I was told this happened. I'm getting contradicting statements. Contact in the Desert still won't release my DVD. I don't know what's going on. Mind you, I was never directly contacted. I still have never been directly contacted by any of the upper management associated with contact in the desert, that conference. Still haven't been contacted. No email, no phone call, no face-to-face -face conversation, no nothing, okay? So, weird. 
And then, so I make it public Monday in the afternoon, evening, after I tweeted about it, or after I found out that my DVD wasn't available. So I tweeted about it, Facebooked it, etc. Come Tuesday morning, so Tuesday was just yesterday. Come yesterday morning, I see a tweet from Contact in the Desert. This was the only, I guess, correspondence, you could say, I've received from the organization about what the heck was going on with my lecture. So they put out a tweet, okay? Get this. It, uh, they tagged me. They said, hi, at Jordan, underscore, Sather, underscore. We're not sure who you heard this info from, but we hope we can clear things up for you. All we are removing are the, quote, F-bombs that were used in your lecture. As Wilcock told you, we can't use that word. First tweet. Second tweet. Everyone was informed that we can take orders for your lectures. Currently, we only have three, so if there is anyone else who wants to order a copy, please reach out to us. You can order the DVD by emailing us at media at contactinthedesert.com. Okay, so these tweets were sent out, and right after these tweets, I started kind of going off on them. I replied to this tweet, and I said, well, I don't remember saying the F word, but if I really did say the F word, why don't you prove it and release my lecture in full? I also tweeted about it, and I said, I'm getting all these contradicting statements. They're claiming I said the F word. I don't remember saying the F word. Now, a little later on, yesterday, a couple of hours after this, I had an individual who I didn't know beforehand, but she was there at my lecture in the morning, and she messaged me, and she said, hey, I actually audio recorded your lecture in full. She audio recorded my lecture in full, and she ended up sending it to me. She went through it, I went through it, and we proved that I did not say the F word during my lecture. I didn't remember saying the F word at all. I remembered saying hell once, and I said the word horse shit. I said horse shit, I said hell. I don't remember dropping the F bomb. So, by this woman audio recording my lecture, sending it to me, we then had proof that this was a blatant lie in this tweet here. So, I don't know who organized this tweet, or who tweeted it, who created it, whatever, but nonetheless, the claim that all we are removing is the F-bomb I used in my lecture is blatantly wrong. So they're lying there. Here's another lie. As Wilcock told me, I can't use that word. That was the last line in the first tweet they made. So David Wilcock never mentioned to me anything about using, quote, that word or the F-word. There was never any talk. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, in just a couple of calls that I had with the director and producers of Contact in the Desert, they never told me anything about bad language. David Wilcock never told me anything about bad language. So when I look at this tweet, I'm like, why are they bringing David Wilcock into this? It's as if there's some serious gaslighting going on in this tweet to make their cover-up even more cover-uppy. You know, that's what it feels like to me, basically. They're bringing him into it to trash multiple people, maybe, that they don't really like right now, and some serious gaslighting going on. You know, it's incredible to me to see this tweet from this organization that claims to be about higher consciousness. The second tweet, 
everyone was informed that we can take orders for my lectures. Uh, well, me personally, when I went up to the DVD booth, I was not informed that I could take an order for my lecture. All I was told is that upper management had it. So by them saying everyone, that's actually another false statement in these tweets. And then they said, currently we only have three. I've received a lot of messages from people trying to order my lectures. I've seen a lot of comments and replies on posts Contact in the Desert has made and posts I have made of people wanting to order my lectures. So I would like proof about that measly little three number. Now, quite frankly, I think that might be another thing that they're making up. And then the last line, you can order the DVD by emailing us at media at contactinthedesert.com. I have also had people email me, message me, and I have tried this myself with an email address of mine. So if you actually email media at contactinthedesert.com and request my DVD, you get a return email that says, we can't forward this. I don't really know why it can't be forward. I think one of the reasons I read in one of the emails is that it was because the mailbox is full whatever mailbox media at contact reverts to but it's really i mean there's just so many false statements in these tweets it's absolutely absurd absurd and like i said still no contact from upper management at contact in the desert it's like no contact in the desert for me right and all these blatant lies so as I'm explaining here, as you're beginning to see, there was a cover-up. What it looks like to me is that they're completely scared about what I'm talking about, what I discussed in the lecture. They don't want that released to the public, so they're making up all of these false reasons and essentially almost uh, smearing me with, making it seem like there's only three people interested in my lecture and everyone is told they can order it. And we're scrubbing out the F-bomb, the F-bomb I didn't even say. And in fact, other speakers used the F-bomb. People were telling me Laura Eisenhower did in her talk. Laura Eisenhower even told me that she did in her talk. So, complete contradictions. Other speakers there don't get censored, but I do. I didn't even say the F-bomb in my talk, but they still won't let my DVD out. Why is that? Well, I can't help but believe... It was because of the subject content I was discussing. I was talking about deep state infiltration in ufology, special interests, controlled opposition in ufology. I was asking the question, why the heck uh, do people invited to this conference? Why are people at Contact in the Desert right now working with liars on the Internet? Again, I'm not going to bring any names into this. I would love to go down the laundry list of names of uh, people at Contact in the Desert who I definitely have some questions for, but not going to do that here. Just my point is, I was going into infiltration of the ufology movement, the special interests in it. I was discussing QAnon, the Trump administration, full disclosure, okay? I was completely lighting up the limited hangout mainstream UFO disclosure that Tom DeLonge is spearheading and, you know, connecting John Podesta to it and all these shady people to it. I was going into some pretty hardcore stuff, and I personally believe that that's what they didn't want out. Censored in the desert. They did not want to get this information out into the public to, you know, whatever their motive is. Whatever their motive is. So that's that. You know, that's my story of what happened over the weekend. 
I am frankly just sick of the special interests in the ufology community. Their actions this weekend proved my point, didn't they? And frankly, by tweeting what they tweeted through the Contact in the Desert account, they just dug themselves a big fat hole. They dug their own grave. Blatant lies coming out. It's, it's just absolutely absurd. I wasn't treated the best over the weekend. I talked to some other presenters there, and they had some issues with things that, gone, that went on over the weekend. And then thinking about the attendees, there's a lot of people who paid a pretty penny to be there. And the fact that dozens of them weren't let into my lecture, nobody was able to get my DVD afterwards, they weren't treated the best either, were they? I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the special interests in the ufology community. That's why I did my presentation on that. I thought, why not? Let's just do this right here at this conference. I'm sick of the special interests. I'm sick of the fact that so many radio shows and so many authors and speakers, you know, so many of them that are often promoted as being the all-stars in some of these conferences, they're so two-faced. And it's all about the bottom dollar and the clicks for them. And they really don't bring all that much to the table. Quite frankly, some of them are just irrelevant. They talk about stuff that happened 50, 60 years ago. When someone might, like me comes along, and I'm talking about relevant things that exposes a lot of this infiltration in the ufology community, that's probably why they're scared. And that's probably why they don't want my lecture released out. So that's that. You know, My goal here is to just bring honesty, bring integrity, bring authenticity back into the disclosure community, the truth community, especially ufology. It doesn't matter. You know, my, my goal is to bring honesty and integrity back as much as I can everywhere. So what I think we should do is start investing our time, our energy, our money into individuals and organizations that are relevant, that do speak about these very important topics that so many others are scared to, that so many others avoid. Invest our time and our money and our energy in people with substance who are authentic and honest and ethical and have integrity, okay? Just like Buck Mr. Fuller said in that quote, I'll paraphrase here, he basically said, don't worry about this failing paradigm over here. Turn your eyes, turn your attention and focus on, put your energy towards a paradigm that's much better for us. So I think that's really what we need to start doing. And quite frankly, you know, I don't want to see contact in the desert fail. They've built a good brand for themselves. There's a lot of people that go there every year with well intentions, people that do want to raise their consciousness and awareness and, and see substance. So I don't want to see them fail, but if they're going to continue making bad choices and acting without integrity, well, that needs to be known. That needs to be shared. So I'm more than happy to go back, but they're going to have to prove their integrity. And in fact, I think any conference that we go to needs to prove their integrity, their substance, their relevance, right? Or we really just shouldn't deal with them anymore individual or organization so anyway that's that guys thank you so much for watching and lastly you know in fact i'm going to post the audio recording of my lecture in full thank you to that individual that did record it and send it to me i appreciate you greatly i'm going to post the audio recording set to the slides i did of course i don't have the video i just have the audio so i'll put it to the slides i did and i'll upload it to my backup youtube channel if I get a strike or some copyright claim on my backup channel, I don't even care. So I'll upload it there. I'll make a little card pop up here. Put the description in the box below, here, here, wherever those cards pop up. 
If you want to watch it, go ahead. You can see how many F-bombs I didn't say and all the hardcore topics that I went into that I think some individuals don't want out into the public. So watch it if you want. Listen to it if you want. Thank you, Thank you guys so much for listening to my experiences here. I appreciate you. And how about let's bring back some honesty and integrity into disclosure. Because by that, we will actually make some positive change and actually get that disclosure, that full disclosure that we all want and that we all deserve. But the thing is, we have to work for it. We have to work for it and we have to expose the areas of society where there is no honesty and they are lacking integrity. Thank you guys. Out for this one. Done. Hello everyone and welcome to this video of my Contact in the Desert presentation for 2019. First of all, I want to say thank you to the individual that recorded this audio of my lecture. Thank you very much for recording this and sending it to me. And number two, if you haven't seen the explanation video that I uploaded to my main channel, make a little card pop up, description, link be down below. If you haven't seen that video that details why I'm having to upload this here and why I don't have the video to it, I just have the audio that I'm setting to slides for this presentation. Go watch that video. I detail a lot of the drama that I dealt with at Contact in the Desert this year. So watch that before you watch this. And lastly, what am I going to talk about here? Well, a lot of fantastic information. I talk about deep state infiltration into ufology. I connect a lot of uh, big deep state players like John Podesta and Hillary Clinton to ufology. I detail the, their interest in it. I also really light up this mainstream, limited hangout, half-truth disclosure, as I call it, we're seeing in the mainstream right now regarding UFOs. And lastly, I discuss how the Trump administration is already disclosing the reality of UFOs and the existence of extraterrestrials through QAnon, something I think a huge part of the UFO community is missing right now. So it's a fantastic presentation. I think you're going to take a lot from it. I think you're going to enjoy it. And again, if you haven't seen my first video that details why I'm having to do all this and what I dealt with at Contact in the Desert, go watch it. Hope you enjoy. I don't want to face for anybody. So, you know, you start studying Rockefeller medicine, that takes you into the oil barons, that takes you into just everything else that happened in the 20th century in this country and worldwide. So I started connecting a lot of dots, going down a lot of different rabbit holes in the uh, about six, seven years ago. And through the few years, you know, as you start waking up, you'll go through your dark night of the soul experience. You might ostracize yourself or be ostracized from various social circles whether it's your friends or your family and whatnot, what happened to me? And it was a few years there of lots of stuff going on in my life, not having very many people in my life, just spending a lot on the internet. And I finally got to a point in about 2016, 2017, uh, end of 2016, where I just, I couldn't hold a job anymore. It wasn't that I was failing my jobs, it's just I had no internal drive to do it. And I ended up just quitting, I think I was personal training at the time, I quit personal training and I just started my YouTube channel, started on the internet, and that's really where it all started snowballing from there. So at the very beginning of 2017, I started my YouTube channel, and then over the last two and a half years, it's just been a ride. It's been a roller coaster of me, number one, wanting to get information out there, because of course we have a corrupted mainstream media, we have 
quite a bit of corruption in the alternative media. And I was seeing so many people get duped. I just, I felt like I had certain perspectives that could help people all across the board, whether it's current events with what's going on in the world or with health, and I felt the need to share it. So I started doing that on the internet and also inspire people. I mean, how many people are waking up across the world and they literally have nobody to talk to in their lives? I was there. I was there years ago. Exactly. So I, I figured, wow, some people, the best part of their day is watching a video get uploaded and being able to watch that video and connect with somebody through the internet. They might have never met them in their lives, but they can connect right there, and that gives them hope, and that gives them inspiration to keep going. So that was another reason why I started doing what I was doing on the internet. And then, thank you. And then, uh, this documentary here, I played a large part in, Above Majestic, that released last October 2018. And every single, if you've seen it, every single interview in that documentary, I did. So I worked with one filmmaker, his name is Jade. I cannot. I don't know what music that is. That's not in there. It might be next next door. It's kind of epic, though, right? So yeah, every interview in that documentary, I was standing, I was sitting across from it, doing it. So it was a pretty incredible experience, and we did that on such a shoestring ghetto budget. It was like all we were doing was going to conferences last year. Went to pretty much every large. Conference, JJ and I went to Conscious Life Expo, Contact, a few other New Living Expo, I think. And we were like running to catch the speakers after their talks and trying to grab them and whisk them away into a hotel room and sit them down and just say, okay, spill it. And really, it's, it's incredible how that was independently produced. And then we had, there was some um, distribution companies that were independent that were courageous enough to put it out on various platforms and boom, that was that. So, now we'll move on into uh, what I was doing from 2017 to 2018. So I have been probably one of the most censored people on YouTube. I don't really have a doubt about that. I, there, uh, actually, hold on a second. So that right there is one email from about 50 that I've gotten from YouTube telling me that they're either demonetizing a video permanently or giving me a strike or removing a video or terminating my channel. I've had, it my, I've had my YouTube channel terminated twice so far. I've had seven, eight videos removed, all sorts of strikes on my channel. So it's been pretty incredible the amount of censorship I've gotten on YouTube. A little bit on the other platforms. Facebook I've been banned from, have some uh, posts removed from, Instagram as well. I've had my website, I've tried to hack it like 15, 20 times. So it's just standard. Standard operating procedure, you know, and that's a good thing. You take the most black and you ride over the target. So they wouldn't be censoring me if I wasn't saying things damaging to their agenda. And it's been all across the board what I've been censored about, talking about uh, false flags, questioning a lot of the uh, official narratives we get on events the past couple of years. I've been censored for speaking out against Big Pharma, had many vaccine truth posts removed. Lately, I've been catching a lot of flack for, they call it, Promoting a toxic bleach. It's not, it's not a toxic bleach. Chlorine dioxide, not at all. Uh, I've used it plenty myself, and I've seen others use it with great success, but the uh, mainstream media and even a lot of the folks in the alternative media are trying to attack me for promoting a toxic bleach. It's absurd. It's really absurd. So, censored a lot. Um, I've also been featured on, I've gone on Gaia, I've gone on Infowars, I've gone on the Washington Post to talk to them. 
uh, Common Central even, and the Washington Times, and then more. And it's not like I am, you know, this is not an endorsement for all these organizations. You know, it's just called strategy. Bring the narrative to another audience, doesn't matter what the organization, if they're fake news or not. You know, stepping into the battle, into the fray, and trying to get truth out there. And then uh, linked by a particular information dissemination program called QAnon. We'll get to that in a little bit. So, uh, I've, been doing, I've been trying to do some good work over the last couple of years, and it's been, it's been difficult. Don't get me wrong. It's been absolutely difficult, but it's been great to uh, go through the process. And now let's get into four or five different philosophical concepts, different definitions I want to offer you guys before we get into the meat of what I have for you here, get to business. So first of all, let's define disclosure, okay? I've seen a lot of definitions fly out there. Everybody pretty, has, pretty much has their own subjective definition of what disclosure is. And I like to reiterate the fact that disclosure is not just UFOs. We are at primarily a UFO slash consciousness disclosure conference, but when we're talking disclosure, again, because, yeah, that music is so <laughs> because everything is connected. When we're talking about UFOs, we're talking about, well, all the large corporations that have been covering up the ideas, different rogue aspects of the military industrial complex that have been covering up these ideas, but it's directly connected to, say, the pharmaceutical industry directly connected to various political players that do pay-to-play pay -play schemes. It's directly connected to large corporations that aid and abet human trafficking. Things like that, okay? So UFOs is not just, disclosure is not just UFOs. We have to expand our thinking with it. And also understand that, quote, disclosure is an internal process, too. You know, you can wait for whatever government or whatever official to stand up on a podium and say what you want them to say, but there's a few things about that. Number one, whoever's on that podium isn't going to know the full picture. You won't be getting the full picture from them. Yeah, great. You might have an elected official confirming some topics, but they're not going to give you all the information you want to hear. And not just that, but we have the internet at our fingertips. We can go out and disclose things to ourselves right now with the internet. Disclosure has been going on for decades. We've had insiders and whistleblowers and documents leak, leak and Citizen journalists and other journalists research these things, get it out to the public. So disclosure is not one event. It's not one person telling you one thing on a stage. It's it's an internal process you can go through right now. You can dive into it right now and start learning about all these different things. And then secondly, compartmentalization versus holism. So like I said, everything is connected. And this is a very important differentiation to make between compartmentalization and holism. Compartmentalization is basically the idea that there's a bunch of boxes, everybody is in those boxes, and they don't get out of the boxes and go check out what's in the other boxes. Okay, so you have your niche of ufology over here. You have your niche of, say, vaccine awareness community over here. You know, I was just at a vaccine truth conference last weekend in Chicago, and I flew here for this one this weekend. So I'm trying to be holistic. I'm trying to help look at the big picture and connect the dots between all of it and not stick into one particular niche because this whole divide and conquer strategy is exactly what the powers that be want us to do. They want us to stay in these little niches and not begin looking at the bigger picture and connecting the dots across the spectrum because that's how you become unmanipulated. They manipulate us very easy when we stick into these small little holes, when we compartmentalize our thinking, when we see one tiny little piece of the picture and don't look at the big picture. So, holistic thinking, holistic ideas, even with health. Holistic health 
is much more effective. People getting into those ideas, holistic health, look at your diet, look at your water intake, look at your sleep, look at your environment, toxins, nutrition, all of it, right? You have to look at the whole picture to really understand properly, okay? So holistic thinking, very important for us to do, especially when we're looking into UFOs. So avoiding the negative as well, another very important philosophical concept to get correct. And I call this one some new age BS, okay? Nothing wrong with the new age community. In fact, there's a lot of truth in the new age realm, which is why the powers in control are trying to infiltrate it as much as they can. And they have been promoting this particular idea, avoiding the negative or avoiding drama or avoiding these certain things that make us uncomfortable. We want everybody to be politically correct. This is very bad. This is exactly how they shut down dissent. Okay? They want to shut down dissent. They want to shut down people who are saying what needs to be said because it's quote negative. It's not negative. Looking at all the dark things in the world with the proper lens, with the proper light, is one of the most positive things you can do. Sure, it might be uncomfortable, it might be pretty dark, but without looking at the darkness, you won't understand how light the light can be. Okay? The cockroaches in the corner aren't going to scatter if you don't shine the light on them. It's one of the most important things to do is go towards that quote negative and transmute that, transform that into something positive. So don't avoid uncomfortable information, uncomfortable truths, things like that. Very important not to. And then lastly, the allegiance to truth. Okay? My particular ideology, how I conduct my work, I don't have an allegiance to anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're some renowned author, renowned speaker, I don't care if you're this organization with millions of dollars behind you and hundreds of thousands of subscribers or watchers on your platform, that's all I care about. What is the actual truth, okay? So, very important as we proceed. And being allied to truth, looking for the truth, I mean, isn't it amazing that disclosure is happening right now? How incredible is it that we have all of these stories in the mainstream media about UFOs? Isn't it incredible? Yeah. Just two years ago, used to be these people were conspiracy theorists. And now, disclosure is happening. Oh my gosh, New York Times, UFOs, two, two and a half years ago. Oh wow, Washington Post, UFOs exist. This was just a couple of days ago. Oh wow, The Drive, UFO encounters in 2004. Again. Again, again, same video, same video, again, same video, oh, again, just the other day, same video. You've seen that guy quite a bit on the news lately, haven't you? We'll talk about him in a minute. Oh, wow, Vice, the Navy says UFOs are thrill, or UFOs are real, UFO hunters are thrilled. Okay, all right, I gotta, I gotta listen to the mainstream media, right? So I guess I'm thrilled, I guess I'm really thrilled. Oh wow, a new generation of ufologists are being inspired by military sightings and mainstream news stories. Really? Okay. Who is this new generation? I haven't heard of them. I don't know. I'm not in this article, so who did they well, So what is this? What the heck? Why are we seeing all of these news stories in the mainstream media with the same video, with the same people, all saying the same thing and trying to basically direct us to this one show that premiered on the History Channel the other night. What's going on with it? Well, let me tell you. It's a giant steaming pile of shit. It is. In HD. I'm 
sorry, but that needs to be said. Okay? I don't know why in this UFOlogy community either it's going right over people's heads and they're just unfortunately not getting it, or they have some sort of ulterior motive or special interest to run along with it and not scrutinize it properly, as us journalists should do. Okay? So let's get into this whole disclosure initiative we're seeing in the mainstream media recent days. The number one issue with it, fake news media is spearheading this whole darn thing. Fake news media. Remember the first story that came out in 2017 on the New York Times? Should we believe the New York Times? Do you see what they have to say about anti-vaxxers? Oh my god, what sort of fake news comes from the New York Times? Every day. So why should we believe, be believing them about their UFO narratives? We're about the Washington Post. You know how much CIA money has funneled into the Washington Post? Hundreds of millions of dollars, 600 millions of dollars. Back in 2013, Jeff Bezos, Amazon owner, got a $600 million contract to create cloud servers for the CIA. Six months after he got that contract, he bought the Washington Post. The Washington Post was bought with CIA money. Should we be believing them? Should we be believing of Politico or Newsweek with any of these things we're hearing? No! Exactly! I don't know why some people are. Close my mind. Incredible. You know, I went on, I talked to the Washington Post about that little old letter of the alphabet, we'll talk about it in a minute here. And, oh my gosh, I record, number one, I recorded the whole thing just in case they were going to try to twist my words or, or paint me in a wrong light. And the questions they were asking me and the report they did afterwards that they released when they cut and chopped everything and edited my words and, you know, I think they caught wind that I filmed the whole thing so they hardly put me in it. They put like two lines of me in, the, in that report on cue, but just incredibly fake news. So no, we should not be believing what they have to say about this initiative. And now let's talk about who's behind it, okay? So number one, Tom DeLong. And if you're unfamiliar with Tom DeLong, he used to be in a band called Blink-182 back in the uh, late 1990s, early 2000s, one of the biggest bands in the world. And then in 2005, he quit Blink-182 and he started another band called Angels and Airways. Now, Tom DeLonge kind of, frankly, breaks my heart because Blink-182 is my favorite freaking band. <laughs> Angels and Airways is my favorite band. I went to an Air Angels and Airways show and I went backstage. This is when I was like 15, back in 2005. And I met Tom DeLonge really quick at a meet and greet. And it used to be my favorite, favorite thing. So it really breaks my heart and disappoints me that he is, frankly, being what we call a useful idiot, in my opinion, <laughs> towards this. Hopefully he's being a useful idiot. That's what I pray. I hope he's not going along with this consciously. But Tom DeLong spearheading it. He executive produced that unidentified show that just premiered on the History Channel the other day. And he has been really the media golden boy trying to bring this to the public. Also Tom DeLong. See the Freemason symbol on his guitar? That's weird. Check out his, uh, this is a public photograph, open source. That is him at a Freemason ceremony. Weird hand gesture. Got some other folks making the same hand gesture that uh, we know aren't nice. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who's a Freemason is bad, okay? It's a huge organization, and because of compartmentalization, there are some great people who are Freemasons. You know, I've had Freemasons in my family, but they were super low level. Pretty much every, everybody from that generation was a Shriner. And everybody not making these hand gestures. I mean, he's a rock star. A lot of rock stars go like this when uh, they're on stage. But again, just looking at the big picture, who this is all connected to, it's just weird. 
It's just weird, and things like this need to be pointed out. And then Tom DeLonge has been working on, well, before we get to that next slide, he also won the 2017 Researcher of the Year Award at the International UFO Congress for basically doing nothing. And <laughs> I literally don't know how he got this award, but uh, it's, it's just pretty weird. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of folks that really want us to go towards that. And Tom DeLong has also been working with this gentleman. His name is John Podesta. Alright, here's a photograph of them all together. No, 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 I mean, let's look at John Podesta's history real quick. He's done, he's done some really incredible things, hasn't he? He was a political consultant for Bill Clinton from 98 to 2001, worked as a counselor to Obama from 14 to 15, he was the chairman of Hillary's presidential campaign. Wow, he's done some incredible things, huh? Also John Podesta. Yeah, and that's just uh, one aspect of a lot that we'll kind of work through. He blocked you. He did block me. John Podesta blocked me on Twitter. I just found that out a couple of days ago. He probably has a social media manager blocking everybody that he wants to, but like, can't see stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I truly hope that that doesn't mean fishing for teens. Oh my God. All right, let's move on. So John Podesta has been a huge proponent of UFO disclosure for a long, long time. It's very known, especially in the mainstream media. This was a tweet that he put out at the beginning of 2015. He said, finally, my biggest failure of 2014, that's when he was the uh, counselor to Barack Obama, once again, not securing the disclosure of the UFO files. Hashtag the truth is still out there. CC the New York Times. Uh, what UFO files? Does he want disclosure? Oh, that's what I'm wondering. And then this was a tweet just the other day. This is what I tried to comment on when I found that he blocked me. The American people have the right to know. Hashtag the truth is out there. There's that New York Times article recently released. So he's been a huge proponent of disclosure for at least a few years, but his involvement, his interest in it actually goes way, way back. It goes back decades. This is something called the Rockefeller Initiative. Okay, These are open source documents. You can type in the Rockefeller Initiative and go to uh, Grant Cameron's website. He's the one that submitted the FOIA who got this information public. And in the early 1990s, there was this, they called it the Rockefeller Initiative. So there was a lot of work done between all of these people. There's a lot of documents you can read between them. And uh, there was actually a meeting that took place at Lawrence Rockefeller's ranch. There's a giant Rockefeller ranch near the Grand Teton Mountains in Wyoming. And a lot of these individuals went there. Here's a photograph, a public photograph of Hillary Clinton with Lawrence Rockefeller. She was holding a book, and this book is called Are We Alone? The Philosophical Implications of Extraterrestrial Life. So Hillary Clinton going to be at the Rockefeller ranch. Now, there are some really weird names in these Rockefeller Initiative data dumps. We got, of course, the principles here, it says, in the government that are interested in getting these UFO information public. We got Hillary and Bill Clinton, there's John Podesta, old photograph of him from the early 90s, and Lawrence Rockefeller, one of the main names behind this. Then we go to the researchers, and when you look at the names of the researchers, it's just, I mean, I'm not familiar with every single name on this list, uh, but we have, there's Stephen Greer, there's Linda Moulton Howe, there's Rob Bigelow, uh, the, the billionaire aerospace guy. I mean, I, 
I'm not, again, there's a lot to be said by them. I'm not saying anything for them, but I wouldn't want to be on any list that the Clintons and the Podestas and Rockefellers are on. And some of these individuals uh, haven't heard much from them about this, but some of them have spoken about it. And they say that, they try to claim that Lawrence Rockefeller was, quote, a white hat in the Rockefeller clan who's been trying to get this out to the public. Yeah, I'm going to need some sauce for that. I'm going to need some evidence because... I just, Lawrence Rockefeller being a white hat? No, that, there's been absolutely no evidence that he's a white hat, and there's so much more evidence that he was a corrupt son of a gun. So, and look, meeting with Hillary Clinton, John Podesta, I mean, just connect the dots there. So, there's that Rockefeller initiative that I would like a lot more explanation about by a lot of top names in ufology. And then we get into Hillary Clinton's pledge for UFO disclosure. So in recent years, you know, 2014 and 15, she was pretty public. She made some announcements, uh, I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, one of those late night talk shows. She mentioned that, wow, she really wants to get to the bottom of UFO disclosure. Well, what would that have been? If disclosure would have been Hillary's, <laughs> Whoa, what would that have been? Oh my gosh. You know, in fact, what we're seeing right now in the mainstream media and everything we've seen over the last about a year and a half since late 2017, imagine if she would have won. This would have been way bigger and come with a lot more of that horse manure that I showed you guys earlier. So what we're seeing now is pretty much a watered down version that, in fact, I'm seeing most people aren't even fascinated about it. It's kind of a dud. It kind of just went over people's heads and they don't even care about it. So I think that's why the mainstream media, they're like desperate for people to get into it and believe it and start researching it. It's like, so many articles. You know, just think what Hillary would have done to the country. Look at Bill Clinton there. Oh my God. That's an unedited photograph. Have you seen these people lately? Oh, they're so upset that Hillary didn't win in 2016 and they're just uh, deteriorating. So, it's a very good thing that Hillary did not win in 2016. In fact, there was something that uh, was, called, was called the 16-year plan to destroy America. This was uh, basically uncovered by a lot of citizen journalists. They started connecting the dots, and they looked at what was going on in the past eight years in Obama's administration. And you can see all these data points of what was happening. It was just, this whole country was just getting absolutely destroyed. And, I mean, install rogue operators in government, remove good guys from government, fund terrorism, sell off special access programs, leak classified intel, weaken the NSA, that's a huge one. A lot of people think Edward Snowden was a white hat. He was not. He was doing that on behalf of the CIA to weaken military intelligence. Why does Edward Snowden have a blue check mark and a Hollywood movie named after him? Because he was doing the bidding of the deep state, trying to weaken the NSA, weaken military intelligence. <coughs> Because the only people in the world that have the uh, power and the the uh, technology to defeat the deep state is within the military. You know, I, I used to be an individual maybe five six years ago where I looked at the military industrial complex and the U.S. empire, and I was very anti. I was pretty anarchistic, very anti-government. But then I come to realize, wow, you know, the only way that we're going to be able to do this to get rid of the deep state is get some good guys in the military, get some good guys in the government, and they are the only ones that have the surveillance techniques and the technology, et cetera, et cetera, to take out the uh, rogue intelligence agencies, i.e. CIA. Uh, and there's all this weakened command of generals. I mean, Obama, if you look at how many high-level military commanders and generals that he fired during his administration, 
There's a laundry list of people that Obama was just plucking out, and especially General Flynn. We'll talk about him a little bit. There was a lot of top generals who, in my opinion, wore white hats that, that during those eight years were just getting out of government. So imagine if Clinton would have been next. What would these eight years have been like? I don't even want to think about it. We don't have to go through these data points. But thank God she didn't win. Thank God that, uh, you know... Love or hate Trump doesn't even matter, you know? We need a brash individual. We need a dude with a big ego. We need a jackass to be in that position right now. Because who else can turn around on the debate stage and say, because you'd be in jail? Think about this. A guy who had it all. He had $5 billion of a net worth. He had family. He had all of this. Put himself in that situation. His net worth has dropped by a billion dollars since he became president. From 4.5 down to like 3 to 3.5 now. I mean, it, it's, yeah, he's brash. Yeah, he tells it like it is. But heck, that's exactly what we need at this point in time. And since he won in 2016, this brings us to the war for disclosure. Basically, right now, we have a shadow civil war going on in this country. It hasn't been since just 2016. It's been far before that. But the shadow civil war is basically between the rogue intelligence apparatus, what we call the clowns in America or the CIA, and military intelligence. <laughs> military intelligence being no such agency, the NSA, the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, other... Uh, you know, military, marine, army intelligence, that apparatus. Now, I'm not saying that every single person in the CIA is bad. I'm not saying that every single person in the NSA is good. Of course, there's always infiltration, uh, compromise going on within various agencies. But in general, the CIA, yes, for decades, we know has been involved in very nefarious activities. And the NSA has been kept secret for so long. I mean, I, I believe it was Eisenhower. Eisenhower um, brought forth the NSA. So I think the NSA was kept secret for so long because they were trying to combat the deep state, the CIA, etc. And then that's why over the last mm, six, seven years, there's been a concerted effort by the deep state to undermine the NSA, undermine and expose some of what's going on there and make it look very bad in the public. So then the uh, CIA can have a little bit more leeway with what they're doing. Now, the deep state, since 2016, has been getting absolutely exposed. We have the WikiLeaks emails and the data dumps that have gone on. Those WikiLeaks emails at the end of 2016, that was one of those things that really catalyzed me to go onto the internet. Because when I started reading those WikiLeaks emails, I saw how corrupted the players, uh, high-level players were, and I actually was reading, you know, the first thing that caught my eye in those Podesta emails that WikiLeaks put out was the ETI and ZPE, the Extraterrestrial Intelligence and the Zero Point Energy. That's what first caught my eye. And I was like, oh my gosh, John Podesta is emailing about aliens, extraterrestrials, and zero point energy to different individuals. I mean, it was incredible. Now, at this time, I didn't fully, I didn't believe that Podesta was a good guy. I, I did understand that he was connected to Clinton and, and corrupted, but it took me a few weeks to get into all the rest of the symbologies and all the rest of the uh, code words in those emails. And once I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I see what they're trying to do. Uh, but since 2016, we also had record resignation of CEOs, record board directors, 
CEOs stepping down. I mean, so many massive corporations, not just in this country, but worldwide, stepping down. Not being reported in the news, they don't want you to know, but this is absolutely happening. In fact, um, many of the uh, citizen journalists now stepping up following the uh, Hugh movement, etc. They have spreadsheets where they're tracking it. And you can, you know, you have to do some of your own due diligence and research, but you can find the list, and it's a comprehensive list. Congressmen stepping down. In the 2018 election, between 2016 and 18, it was a record number of congressmen from both sides of the aisle, okay, Democrats and Republicans, that were stepping down and not seeking re-election, all right? I do not do political polarization. I do not do duality. I don't care about Democrats or Republicans, all right? This is not about labels or political affiliation. This is about just getting the truth out there. What a lot of people don't realize is before Trump became president, he was a registered Democrat. Before General Flynn got into politics, he was a registered Democrat. They realized that the Democratic Party was basically what the deep state was going to use to be the one next. So they said, okay, I guess we're going to have to be Republicans. And once they <laughs> did that, yeah, shucks, dang it. Once they did that, then they sanitized the Republican Party. So many Republican congressmen just stepped down. Paul Ryan, even Speaker of the House, stepped away. A lot of these guys stepped out, and then uh, they're combating on the other side. So it just it just happens to be that way. It just happens to be that way, you know. If it was going to be Hillary Clinton as a Republican winning the 2016 election, then they would have registered as Democrats. All right, so it's not an RB thing. But nevertheless, both sides of the aisle, the corruption is getting exposed there. We've got all sorts of arrests, record arrests, with human trafficking rings around the country. We have the opioid crisis being exposed with the pharmaceutical agencies. We have all sorts of um, rogue intelligence agents within our country being exposed. A lot of Chinese intelligence assets <laughs> in this country. So it's just all sorts of stuff getting exposed. The powers are no longer in control. We can call them the powers that be, but it's more like the powers that are no longer. So it's, it's good stuff. I mean, not to say they're completely out of power. We're still seeing a lot of skullduggery going on in this country right now, but they have much, much less power, and they don't, they don't have the big chips, which is the most important thing. And this email right here, I want to talk about this before we move on. This is one of the emails in the WikiLeaks dumps. And what happened is that Tom DeLong forwarded an email to John Podesta. The email that Tom DeLong forwarded to John Podesta was basically just updating him on a bunch of the media projects, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, John Podesta forwarded that Tom DeLong email to a woman named Jennifer Palmieri. Jennifer Palmieri was the director of communications for Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. John Podesta called it our secret plan. Huh. So what we're seeing right now in the mainstream media with all this UFO disclosure is a secret plan being done by individuals who are corrupt and sick in the head behind beyond reason. So we, this is email 5448, 50448. You can just research WikiLeaks Podesta email 50448. You can see this one. And in fact, there were a lot of emails in these Podesta dumps where Tom DeLong was emailing John Podesta. They were also emailing with a couple of Air Force generals, a couple of guys from Lockheed Skunk Works, one of the uh, directors, I believe, at the time of Lockheed Skunk Works. His name was Rob Weiss, and some other individuals as well. So it was very interesting to see all these connections. You know, in fact, 
the WikiLeaks emails, they like to tell us the Russians put it out. And it wasn't the Russians, my gosh. Uh, it was probably Seth Rich, RIP to him. And very important, very important that these WikiLeaks emails came out at the point that they did because it allowed us, the public, to connect so many of the dots with them and see how corrupted these guys really were and what they were going to try to do with UFO disclosure. I think some players within the NSA, within the military, knew they had to get these emails out and did so through WikiLeaks. Now since then, though, I think WikiLeaks has been compromised. Of course, this information coming out through WikiLeaks, the CIA is going to try to compromise and infiltrate the organization. So what we hear from WikiLeaks within the late last year or so, I would say be very careful with believing. But at least back then in 2016, stuff came out. And this is also what we uh, learned in those emails. So good old Pizzagate, something that many people in ufology love to avoid. They love to spread fake news about it. Don't know, again, if they're useful idiots or the conscious in their deception. But it's real. Just, I mean, it takes 10 minutes to do some investigative research. Yes. And this stuff needs to be exposed. I mean, John Podesta, brother Tony Podesta, good friends with James Alephantis, who owned Comet Ping Pong. Comet Ping Pong was two doors down from a place called Besta Pizza that had this logo in their logo. After the emails, uh, WikiLeaks stuff came out, Besta Pizza, Pizza changed their logo, and they took out the uh, triangle there. Marina Abramovich, the spirit cooker, just all this stuff. It's really sick stuff, and you can literally spend years researching it. But people like to say it's fake news. People like to say it's propaganda spread by the Russians. My gosh, that Russian. <laughs> Those Russians, man, they're, they're into everything these days, aren't they? They're spreading vaccine news on the internet now, you see that? <laughs> Russians spreading anti-vaccine misinformation. People like to say this is fake news, but why would General Flynn tweet about hashtag spirit cooking two days before the election? This is not a conspiracy. This is not fake news. General Flynn retweet hashtag spirit cooking with hashtag never Hillary, hashtag drain the swamp. On November 4th, on November 2nd, General Flynn, you decide NYPD blows whistle on new Hillary emails, money laundering, sex crimes with children, etc. That's why the mainstream media hit General Flynn so hard. Once the deep state found out that General Flynn was a campaign advisor to General, General Trump, or General Trump, President Trump, and then he went on to be his national security advisor, they were terrified. Because General Flynn, with where he was throughout his career, he was there in Haiti during all of the despicable things that the Clinton Foundation was involved in in Haiti. He was there in the Middle East. He was the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency from 2012 to 2014. He found out a lot of stuff. He was one of those guys who did not, did not want the CIA to continue their illegal crimes. He did not want Hillary and the cabal to be in power again in 2016. So, not fake news. There are very prominent individuals that do are trying to get out the information about this stuff and do something about it. So what we're seeing right now, because the deep state is getting exposed, especially right now, because FISA declassification, the declassification of the spying on not just candidate Trump, but also uh, Senator Ted Cruz years ago. And in fact, recent news is that the Obama administration all the way back since 2012 was illegally abusing the FISA court and spying on hundreds, hundreds of American citizens Extremely illegal stuff, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So because this FISA abuse is coming public, 
which is why the deep state is desperate for a diversion, a distraction right now. And we're going to now define what a limited hangout is. This is how I've been continuously describing the UFO disclosure we're seeing in the mainstream media right now. It's a limited hangout. A limited hangout is a word that's used in the clandestine community in the intelligence apparatus. And it's basically spy jargon. This is according to a former special assistant to the deputy director of the CIA. So number two guy in the CIA is the deputy director. This was his special assistant. This guy's name was Victor Marchetti. He said, limited hangout is spy jargon for a favorite and frequently used gimmick of clandestine professionals. When their veil of secrecy is shredded and they can no longer rely on a phony cover story to misinform the public, they resort to admitting, sometimes even volunteering, some of the truth while still managing to withhold the key and damaging facts in the case. The public, however, is usually so intrigued by the new information that it never thinks to pursue the matter further. Let's parse these words in terms of what's happening right now. When their veil of secrecy is shredded, the CIA, the deep state, because so much stuff is coming out exposing them in recent years, and because we have the internet, they very well know that so many people are searching for truth on the internet, which is why they're trying to censor people on social media so much. They know that the public is waking up. They don't want the key and damaging facts to come out. They don't want the pedo-Satanism and the human trafficking and the pay-to-play stuff and pharmaceutical corruption to come out. So what they're doing is volunteering a tiny little sliver of the UFO topic. The reason they're choosing the UFO topic is because, number one, the public is just so blissfully unaware about it because PSYOPs going back since the 40s have been gone about the UFO subject. We're just so confused about it in general. So they're using that UFO topic because public is so unaware. And not just that, but I mean, it's the existential answers to existence. We're talking about one of the biggest topics that is going to help us raise our consciousness and help liberate the planet, right? So yeah, they're going to use that topic as their limited hangout. But that tiny little sliver of truth we're seeing in the mainstream media, it's, it's pathetic. I mean, when you really get into the secret space program research and ufology, you can research for years and years and years and come across so much deep information. And then what we see in the media is like a thousand word article about one little program and a few people that were in it and this UFO video that come out. I mean, remember I showed you all the mainstream media articles with the same darn video every single time? <laughs> So that's the, this is a limited hangout that's going on right now. They're desperate for any sort of diversion and distraction. So that's why they're rolling this out to the public right now. It's one of my favorite memes ever. I love it. If the people find out what we're doing, John is prepared to leak the alien disclosure. <laughs> that's Bill Clinton with uh, one of the former popes and John and John Podesta right there. This does have uh, you know the Vatican being infiltrated as well by the deep state. It uh, this connects everywhere. This really does. Even some Vatican individuals, people representing uh, Vatican interests, Catholic interests, were found emailing John Podesta and Tom DeLonge in those WikiLeaks emails. So, scary stuff, guys. But you informing yourself about it, it's not scary at all. In fact, you see right through it and you just laugh. You just laugh at what they're trying to do. It's not working. And like I said, we're only getting a fraction of the UFO truth. If you compare the details about what we're hearing about this, quote, secret government UFO program in the mainstream media, they're saying it was a $22 million program, ran from 2007 to 2012. Oh, what would you freaking do? 
Okay. $22 million. That's like a road construction project. And, uh, and, you know, let's compare what they're telling us about this secret fuel programmer program. Also, if you research the, uh, you know, some of the documents about this program have been publicized. The, I think the names of like the scientific research papers in it as well. And you look at, say, Dr. Eric Davis, his papers that he did for ATIP program, he's talking about dark energy and dark matter. And if you get down into true physics research, dark energy and dark matter are nonsense. It's just some whoop-dee-doo that the mainstream media is making up, mainstream science is making up to make sure it all fits. So not just are the details we're getting about the secret UFO program just minuscule compared to what else is out there, but even the science we're getting behind it is sort of fake science. So it's as if, in my opinion, this was all set up. I mean, this is a, you think when the deep state operates, they're thinking long-term. In my opinion, I think this was set up from the get-go to be a just whitewash, a distraction. The, uh, let's go through a few more dots on ATIP and we'll go through the rest here. In terms of ATIP, who is the senator that commissioned the program? Senator Harry Reid. <laughs> Jeez, talk about corrupted. <laughs> Senator, oh, so much stuff about Senator Harry Reid. Are we going to trust that? Like I said, are we going to trust the big news media, Harry Reid, John Podesta? Also with ATIP, um, the contractor, the aerospace contractor that got the majority of that $22 million, Bigelow Aerospace. Robert Bigelow. Remember that guy that I pointed out in those Rockefeller Initiative documents from the early 90s? Huh. Robert Bigelow also has uh, quite an influence over MUFON. Mm. Be careful, be careful guys. We'll talk more about false idols in a little bit, but these ETIP programs are pathetic. If you go into the known aspects of ETs, I mean, gosh, I'm about to be at East Eddy Ranch here in a month at James Gilliland's event, and if you go to East Eddy, how many of you have ever been there? It's an amazing place. You're pretty much guaranteed to see a UFO in the sky when you go to East Eddy. I've been there probably four or five times because it's not very far from where I'm in Washington State. UFO every single night, every single time I've been there. Power up in the sky. Some of them we call uh, like blinkers or flashers because they'll blink. A couple seconds later, they'll blink again, blink again. And you go power up so you can see all the orbs through the infrared. I mean, this stuff is real. You can go see UFOs in the sky right now that aren't ours, that aren't black project crap. So for them to say, oh, there's this one UFO sighting that a military jet got on tape in 2004 and that's all there is. It's nonsense, you know, known aspects of ETs, it goes far deeper than what they're telling us. Uh, free energy and anti-gravity information, I mean, just go through Tesla's research, go through Victor Schauberger's research in the 30s, T. Townsend Brown in the 40s and 50s. We've got how much evidence of the Air Force and Navy and other um, uh, groups, quasi-corporate government groups, having alien reproduction vehicles since the 50s, TR-3Bs, you know, anti-gravity black triangles since the 70s, the Navy's Solar Warden secret space program since the 80s with long cigar-shaped UFOs. And it's just, again, it's so deep. What they're telling us now is like just a trickle in the bucket. Trillions of dollars siphoned from the government. We're talking $22 million, they say, from ATIP. Oh, $22 million compared to an inspector general came out in 2016 that said $6.5 trillion in what they called misadjustments from the Pentagon. Yeah. Misadjustments or uh, unaccounted for funds or, you know, Donald Rumsfeld, the day before 9-11, yeah. admitted to two point, yeah, Cynthia McKinney was grilling him on Congress the day before 
Yeah, we have $2.3 in trillion dollars in unaccounted for funds from the Pentagon. Russia's off stage. Next day, what happens? Twin Towers. What a distraction there, right? Building 7. Building 7, all of that, you know? Many things they were trying to cover up and distract us from there, but day before 9-11, Donald Rumsfeld admits $2.3 trillion missing from the, Pen from the Pentagon. In 2016, like I just said, an Inspector General report came out detailing <coughs> that number is up to uh, $6.5 trillion. And some people these days say that number could be anywhere from 10 to 20 trillion, but regardless, it's far more than 22 million dollars. And this goes way back since the 80s, even before that, probably since the 60s, but it really became public, the money siphoning from the Pentagon since the 80s. There was a man named Franklin Spinney, and he detailed what was called the Spinney Report. This went through the Pentagon and even got out into the mainstream media. And uh, funny enough, it was Senator Chuck Grassley who really helped the spinning report get out into the public and disclose some of this money siphoning that was going on in the Pentagon. And if you look at what's going on right now with the exposing the deep state, Senator Chuck Grassley is actually crucial in that. So many of these players have been doing this a long time, but trillion siphoned from the government all the way back. We have information from the 80s detailing that. And then, of course, whistleblower and insider testimony. We have so many different people coming out that just blow the tiny little details we're getting about the ATIP program out of the water. And one of the most important components that I see them doing, and when I say important components, I mean the reason the deep state is bringing forth this limited hangout disclosure right now is to insert the gatekeepers. Because by funneling us to the journalists and authors and people that they want us to go towards, these individuals, these gatekeepers that they're funneling people towards, are then undermining and discrediting other very important topics. So let's discuss this. Gatekeepers that are pro-TTSA. TTSA means To the Stars Academy. That's the organization that Tom DeLong is running right now that's trying to force a lot of this UFO stuff in the mainstream media. So there's gatekeepers that are pro-TTSA. There's a lot of them in ufology, I see. A lot of folks that love this TTSA disclosure. They love that John Podesta is trying to get UFOs out to the public. Unfortunately, I don't know if they really understand what's going on here. So whether they know they're being the gatekeepers or whether they're just being the useful idiots, you know, regardless, it's, uh, they're wrong. This is not a good agenda. Gatekeepers that are anti to the Stars Academy. Okay. When you, when you're talking about clandestine psychological warfare, it goes deep. It goes very deep. So there's a few folks I'm seeing that are anti Tom DeLong, anti to the Stars Academy right now, but they're still controlled opposition. And I'm seeing articles in the mainstream media, one that just came out the other day, they're linking these people that are anti to the stars. They're playing the skeptic. This mainstream media article is very skeptic, but then they link the controlled opposition anti folks. But these controlled opposition anti to the stars people who have YouTube channels and Twitter accounts and whatnot, I'm not gonna name any names right now, but we'll see how much I get into that later. They're all undermining White Hats, the QAnon Disclosure Initiative, they're trying to say that Pizzagate's fake news, all this stuff, undermining what's going on right now. So be very careful. Even if you see somebody that might look like they're trying to expose the truth around to the stars, they still might be trying to lie to you elsewhere. So it's very important to discern. And let's get into Q now. A couple quick, quick thoughts on this. So. There's a lot of gatekeepers, controlled opposition, etc., that is trying to undermine the actual exposure of the deep state. And this is one of the biggest things they're trying to undermine is QAnon. So what is QAnon? Q, if you're unfamiliar with it. In brief, 
It is an information dissemination operation. It's not a person. A lot of people like to think, who is Q? What not? It's not, it's not really a person. It's, it's a thing. It's an operation being done by intelligence insiders, military intelligence, with close connections to President Trump in order to raise public awareness during this ongoing shadow civil war against the deep state. That is the best I can do in one short sentence to outline this extremely And that's exactly what it is. Because it was either we had a military coup to remove the cabal, and it would have gotten chaotic, it would have been bloody, would not have been good, or it was we get a guy in the office and do this uh, a much easier way. They got that guy into office, and they gotta they gotta warn us. They basically have to warn the public, give a little bit of a backstory as to what's going on. Because what we see on the mainstream media and mostly on the alternative media, I mean, it's so through the grapevine sort of stuff. Most of it's fake news anyway. It's just very difficult to get the truth from the media out there. So what they did is they initiated this QAnon dissemination program in October of 2017, and then just started telling the public in a bunch of cryptic statements, cryptic questions. It had to be cryptic. It had to be in question form, a lot of it, because they're trying to go around national security violations. They're trying to do this legally. But, uh, and there was many ways. There was many ways that this Q, this letter of the alphabet, or this operation, uh, brought legitimacy. Okay, that's a very long conversation. I might do that in my workshop later tonight, go into Q. But uh, basically, there's many ways that this, this program brought legitimacy, showed us that it is legitimate, that they are working for a much more full disclosure, and they, they know a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. Now, dark to light, okay? So like I've been saying, a lot of stuff being brought to light, FISA abuses, the trafficking, assassination attempts, even just all deep state corruption. And I don't need to go over this slide again because I've been reiterating those points. But all for a LARP. A lot of people like to think that QAnon is a LARP, QAnon is fake, there's a lot of people even in the ufology community that are just either lazy thinkers or they're spreading misinformation purposely saying that this is fake news and doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. But if it's all a LARP, there are hundreds if not thousands of instances I can go through to show you that this is not fake. Why would General Flynn be following people like me on Twitter? Why would Air Force One's call sign, this is back in December, about six months ago, why would they make the call sign Q? <laughs> Why would the presidential motorcade drive by a sign that says honk for Q and honk? There's a YouTube video of this, you can see the whole video. Why, at how many rallies, I don't even know, would Q signs be held up where people have Q shirts and Trump either points or Trump makes an air Q, like a Q with his hand in the air, just so many examples like this. It's really incredible. And the reason that they don't want to admit it to the public right now is, well, because many reasons. Number one, they're trying to avoid the negative publicity. They're just plausible deniability. We're not even going to talk about it. And they're waiting for a mainstream media journalist to just ask him the darn question. But they don't want to ask him because, of course, they know it's real and they don't want it uh, validated. So it's just hilarious to see this all continuing to drag out and just the mainstream media and all the corrupt political players just get more and more upset by it all. Mm -hmm. It's funny to see. And uh, to the stars is, like I said, done to divert from full disclosure. Let's go through a quick timeline at the end of 2017. So October 6th, 
2017. That's when Donald Trump made his calm before the storm statement. When he was in the White House, he had 20, 30 military generals around him. He goes, you know what this is? Calm before the storm. And the reporters were flashing the cameras. What do you mean, Mr. President? He goes, you'll see. Winks. <laughs> that was October 6th. October 11th. Five days later, that's when To The Stars Academy was announced. That's when Tom DeLonge did a live stream on YouTube and Facebook, and he had, I think, Chris Mellon and ABC Justice, a couple of the other guys from that organization there behind him, and they do that live stream and announce To The Stars Academy is going to be doing all this UFO disclosure stuff. What coincidental timing. Just a couple weeks after that, October 28, 2017, first Q drops. That's when we got the very first ones. People started piecing it together. What the heck is this? Oh my gosh, they start uh, connecting the dots with it all. And then December 16th, only about a month and a half later, they really, they packaged this up as quick as they could, right? And they rolled it out to the public through the New York Times in that article that was the uh, Black Money Secret UFO Program article that they uh, sort of initiated all this mainstream UFO disclosure. So, wow, what coincidental dental timing, okay? Like I said, if Hillary would have won, this would have been way bigger. In fact, that's what I think Tom DeLong and John Cadefs were emailing about back in 2015 and early 2016. They were probably trying to prep this and get it ready for Hillary to win and bring this UFO disclosure public, but then he won, and now they're like, oh crap, what are we gonna do? Well, we're still gonna bring this UFO disclosure public, but now we gotta do it through NGOs, non-governmental organizations. If you actually look at To The Stars Academy, it's not actual government disclosure. A lot of people who are promoting it are thinking, oh, this is official government disclosure, but it's not. It's being done by private corporations because they couldn't do it through the government. It's being done by the mainstream media, private corporations. To the Stars Academy, private corporations. Lou Elizondo, the dude that basically took that video from the Pentagon, he resigned two days before this, before Trump's calm before the storm statement. He, he like slipped it out. It was never officially classified. This, uh, this video, it was never officially classified, number one. He basically like slipped it out of the government because it wasn't classified and then they put it all over the media as if it was the government disclosing. You know, you can see the, the kind of different factions going on. Since we have the white hats in government, QAnon over here trying to buy for more full disclosure of everything, and we have these guys over here, the deep state cabal, they're, they're just trying to muddy the waters with this all. Claim it's official government disclosure. I would imagine actually, you know, we've been seeing a lot of Media headlines lately saying the, the Navy is trying to disclose UFOs or redoing their reporting guidelines, all this stuff. I would imagine that actually at the highest levels of the Trump administration and in the military right now, they're laughing at this. They're just laughing or they're annoyed by it. They're just like, oh, these idiots, they're totally messing all this up. So it's, you've got to see the, see the factions and see the, the war going on, the info war. And uh, what a lot of people, especially in ufology, don't realize is the Trump administration is already disclosing UFOs through Q. They did this nine months ago, if not before that. On the 19th of September, 2018, two drops came out. Number one, a, uh, a person on 8chan... Um, in basic terms, you know, understanding the whole community of what uh, these 8chan, 4chan really is and how it operates is pretty complex. But basically, you, anybody can go on there anonymously, post things. Uh, individuals have been even asking Q questions here and there, just hoping they'll answer. But Q did answer one question here. Q, are we alone, Roswell? No, we're not alone. Highest classification, consider the vastness of space. 
So we have basically the highest military intelligence officials in the country connected to Trump telling us aliens exist. I, how many people in UFOlogy actually reported on this last September? Hardly saw any, you know? And then this one right here, Q, did NASA fake the moon landings? Have we been to the moon since then? Are there secret space programs? Is this why the Space Force was created? False moon landings are real. Doesn't mean that there weren't fake videos made and put out there to confuse everybody, but moon landings are real, Apollo at least. But programs exist that are outside of public domain. Well, 19th of September, right there. It's not official disclosure. It's not Trump standing on a podium and going, yes, secret space programs exist and aliens are real. But it is the, it's the program that's official, that's trying to prepare the public for much bigger disclosures. I mean, yes, this is military intelligence, President Trump, this is government UFO disclosure. And, you know, there's such an anti, Unfortunately, such an anti-Trump sentiment, anti-Q sentiment in the ufology community that so many people don't even want to report on this. It's going right over so many people's heads. And they don't even realize that this is this is going on. So it's kind of a bummer, but whatever, I'll tell you. And then we also have articles coming out in the mainstream media. You know, a big component of UFO disclosure and secret space program disclosure is the Space Force. In all these mainstream media UFO articles, I don't see them talking about the Space Force. They're just talking about secret UFO programs that were years ago. What about the Space Force? Man, what a way to disclose the secret space programs is to just create a new branch of the military. Then they can get access to these programs that have been kept so secret for so long and then start rolling them out to the public. So, in the Washington Times, this came out on December 24th, Christmas Eve last year, there's this article that says, Conspiracy theorists see Trump's Space Force as strong evidence of UFO visitors. What's incredible about this is, number one, this was not a newswire. Sometimes you'll get newswires that go around and see the same article in like 40 different mainstream media outlets. This was one article that was posted, and it was posted by the Washington Times White House reporter, a man named S.A. Miller, is a reporter for the White House. So you can't tell me that the Trump administration is not trying to disclose UFOs. And in this article, I was mentioned. They actually linked a tweet of mine. I tweeted, this is huge and something the deep state doesn't want. Understand that with the Space Force, the advanced technologies for energy and gravity kept in secret think tanks like Lockheed and Boeing and other corporate contractors will now have an avenue to be released publicly. Mr. Sather tweeted. <laughs> Incredible. I wouldn't doubt if they slipped this guy, you know, from the inside, maybe from the White House, they slipped this guy some talking points and said, put it out there, right? And Dr. Sala was also linked in this article. They linked some of Dr. Sala's work. So if you actually look at who they're trying to uh, push people towards, give people some uh, limelight up, it's the individuals who are talking about Q, like Dr. Sala and I, and who are talking about the Space Force and aren't afraid to go into those particular subjects and aren't falling for the limited hangout John Podesta disclosures over here. So there's absolutely UFO disclosure going on in many different ways from many different outfits right now, and they have different agendas, which are very important. And then the special interest in alternative media, this is something that is absolutely getting exposed in uh, recent years. And all of these organizations, you know, many, well, not just organizations, but individuals as well, they're trying to undermine the full Disclosure, not just full disclosure of UFOs, but everything. Infowars, I'm sorry, man. 
if you're an InfoWarser, they put out a lot of, not a lot of misinformation, but a little bit of misinformation. It's very important mis misinformation that they do put out. And there's some evidence to suggest that InfoWars or some uh, folks connected to InfoWars could have ties to Mossad, Israeli intelligence. So we need to be very careful about what we hear about them. There's other individuals, other organizations that are look to be totally controlled. In ufology, individuals and organizations, the gatekeepers, that are undermining all of this or just not talking about it, period. Okay? So they want to keep us divided. They want us to not understand the truth, to get into these different camps, to infight all of this. You know, and a word about infighting, a word about that, you know, avoid the drama, avoid the negative. It's not wrong to call somebody out if they're wrong. Right? That's not division. That's calling out the person who is doing the divider. You're calling out the divider. And, you know, there's some shill brigade. This is a shill brigade, I call it, that's gone after me. We've got Joe from the Carolinas, Unirock, dark journalist there. I have personal experience that all of these individuals on YouTube and Twitter are lying. They've lied about me. They're lying about other topics that I can prove. And it's really unfortunate that individuals in ufology are working with these guys. Like, what the heck, Richard Dolan? Why do you keep working with dark journalists when he just spreads all sorts of fake news? And Joe from the Carolinas, what are these guys interviewing, who is that Jason Rice guy from uh, the Gaia, new secret space program alleged whistleblower on Gaia? I mean, it's just, you start to see how the network happens, right? And you start to see, wow, okay, are they useful idiots or are they conscious deceivers? That's a really, you know, important differentiation to make. If one is a useful idiot, you know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt as long as I can. Maybe they just don't know they're lying. But it gets to a point where it's so repetitive and they're so adamant about it that it, it they start becoming conscious deceivers like him, that guy. I mean, they were for years, for years they've been trying to attack me. That guy, Joe from the Carolinas, says that I buy my Twitter followers. In this video here, he was attacking me for like half an hour in a video. Like, is that your life, dude? Are you just going to do that? Dark journalist in this interview from a couple of years ago from a, with an individual from MUFON, they were claiming that I was spreading alt-right Nazi hate in a presentation I did at East SETI. That dude has just been shilling for years. And again, they work with people that are at this conference right now. Like, what the hell? It's just, it's absurd. And so many people, you know, they want to be so politically correct. They want to avoid the drama that they won't bring up these things. That's fine. You're the one fomenting the division then. You're aiding and abetting liars. Mm -hmm. We need to call that out, okay? I'll do it. I probably won't get invited back to this conference next year, but I don't care. I don't care. Conferences that are just absurd. I mean, one of the one of the sponsors that used to be a sponsor. I don't know. They got removed recently. It was called Shadows of Your Mind. It's this magazine or something. It's UFO magazine. They were a sponsor of Contacts here, but I think a month or two ago, Shadows of Your Mind uh, folded up and they quit. But they've been spreading fake news about me too, saying I buy my Twitter followers, working with dark journalists, Joe from the Carolina. What CW Chanter was here this weekend, and he was taking pictures with Jimmy Church and all these other two faced people. It's like. Hurts my head. I'm sorry. Thank you for letting me rant. These people and these lies and how two-faced they are, they won't even look you in the eye. I got passed by from an uh, I won't say his name, unnamed individual the other day, and he didn't even look me in the eye. They're just so scared. They're so scared that their I don't know, their uh, special interests are getting exposed. So Cohen Tell Pro Lessons, this is the last slide. 
that uh, 90% truth, 10% twisted. So the best COINTELPRO, the best controlled opposition, whether it's in ufology, the political spectrum, whatever it is, they'll put out a lot of good truth, but that's to gain fake credibility that they're going to then use in the future to undermine individuals or ideas. Okay, So very important for you to understand how these psychological operations work and that's all. Thank you. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed that lecture. I hope it educated you. I hope you learned a lot from it. It was really fun to put together and uh, it was a little controversial, a little touchy there, wasn't it? But there's a lot of things in there that need to be said. I believe not enough people are talking about these things, so I'll have the courage to do it. Why not? Now, I want to take a moment just to show you a quick clip of the heckler I had in the Q&A section that I did outside of the building after my lecture at Contact in the Desert. So after my lecture, I went out onto the grass with about 20 or 30 people that still wanted to talk to me afterwards, and I spent some time with them, and this individual came up and heckled me. And I didn't know who he was at the time, but I learned later that his name was Ryan Gable. This guy apparently runs a radio show and has for a little while. I've never heard of it before until now. But he came up and heckled me about QAnon. He was calling QAnon fake. He actually called it QAnon. <laughs> Said it wrong. And he was also spreading these false allegations about me being a doxer, doxing people. Totally phony allegations are still going around. So I literally stood up and addressed them straight to his face. And he was pretty silent. He had nothing to say about it. He kept claiming that I didn't answer his question when I clearly did in this video. And he also kept calling us a cult, that I was a part of a cult, that we were all a part of a cult because they kept trying to shoo him away. They were shooing him away because he was being hostile. He was harassing all of us there, raising his voice, kept asking question after question, not letting people have their turns. So he was just being obnoxious. That's why people were shooing him away. And I just wanted to upload this here to put it out on public record to show you guys that I addressed his concerns, that these doxing allegations are ridiculous. This is a good explanation of that. And there you go. Transparency is everything. So check this out. I saw on Twitter somebody, I don't even know who it was, I don't know, but all I saw them post was his real name and the fact that he wasn't this YouTuber. He was a mentee, was a doctor out of South Carolina. His, and his name wasn't... He was using a total fake persona, right? And this is not doxing because it's not personal information. It wasn't a home address. It wasn't a phone number. It was a public Google search that brought up a public page. So it's not technically, by legal definition, doxing. I retweeted it. That's all I did. Because I retweeted this dude's real name, they just went on a tear. He's like, oh, Jordan's a doxer. He's trying to expose legitimate healthcare professionals. I'm like, this dude's not a legitimate healthcare professional. He's a, he's a psych doctor. He's a mental health doctor. So don't his patients have a right to know that he's living a double life on the internet? And don't the people on the internet have a right to know that this guy is not who he says he is? Correct? Okay. Isn't that what journalists do? Yeah. 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 And I'm not going to get the projection sent my way. And I'm not projecting time. anything on you, Jordan. I'm, not, I'm just asking. Radio hosts typically take one persona. Most of the radio hosts here have different names. I, I used to go by a radio. So why are they in the disclosure community then if they're not in the Well, I don't consider, first of all, this to be a disclosure community. Disclosure is something that happened a long time ago. Disclosure sounds like a new religion to me. In fact, a lot of this stuff with the Alliance and the Cabal sounds like a religion. God and angels. And versus demons and the devil. It sounds like any of those words. Okay, anyone else has a question? Yeah. 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 Time's up. What I'm saying is, 
please subscribe to the Detour Podcast Network on iTunes, and don't forget to rate and review while you're there. You can also download the Stitcher and Podbean app to your device for free and search Detour Podcast Network and subscribe. If you enjoy listening to the shows on the Detour Podcast Network, then spread the word to everyone you know. Your word of mouth is our best advertising method, and we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. Question, comment, or concern? 872-242-8311. Or maybe you'd just like to hear your voice instead of ours. 872-242-8311. Then call the D2R Podcast Network hotline at USA Chat 311. That's 872-242-8311. 872-242-8311. No matter the time or day, you can call 24-7 and operators will be standing by. 872-242-8311. Your call is important to us. 872-242-8311. So once again, USA Chat 311. 872-242-8311. 872-242-8311. 872-242-8311. Check out all the great deals on Amazon by first going to d2rpn.com and clicking the Amazon banner. By doing so, you're helping out the D2R Podcast Network. Don't forget to tell a friend, and thanks for listening.